G'day party people, this is your one and only source into the shenanigans of a couple of Sheilas. I'm your host, Emma Henrahan, and along with my trailblazing guests, we'll be sharing all of our juicy stories, our biggest secrets, the what not to do's, the lessons we've learnt, or the mistakes, and too many times we've been baked. Stay tuned, you're listening to Sheilas and Shenanigans. Oh, it's turned red. Oh, it's turned red. We're here. We're on. Today, I'm here with a former Broncos player, a current Titans player, and a now just announced yesterday, Jillaroo. And if you don't know what that is, it means that she has made the Rugby Women's World Cup team for Australia, and she is a Jillaroo. So welcome to the ultimate footy star, can-do-anything athlete, Lauren Brown! <laughs> what an intro. You've actually made me go on red. Embarrass me. <laughs> uh, yesterday I spent the day jumping around, squealing, telling anyone I could that you'd made the Jillaroos team. So I'm like so ecstatic that you're here today. And I'm so stoked that this news came out before we recorded. So honestly, how are timing. you feeling? <laughs> I'm it's just been a whirlwind. I'm honestly like, I'm just so excited, but I'm still shocked and I'm still like, okay, like it's a joke like I yeah I actually can't believe that I got named in the squad so I'm um yeah just bloody stoked and so excited oh my god yeah. I'm so excited for you so what are the details what can you give us information wise I know it is so fresh and you're still wrapping your head around it but do tell where are we at with <laughs> this whole you putting on the Australian jersey and going overseas um so haven't um got too many details yet but um so tomorrow we'll fly down to Sydney just for the day do like our medicals try on our gear and you know size up and do all that kind of stuff um all the fun stuff and then um I dare say in the next day or two or over the next week um, we'll go into camp. Um, it's going to be on the Gold Coast, that I do know, so I'm stoked about that. I'm going to camp for one to two weeks and then um, jump on the plane and head over to England and start the World Cup campaign. Oh, my God, I'm <laughs> so excited for you. I remember how excited I used to get to go to Kiber Park and go get my South Coast uniform. So I yes. can't imagine if I was going to try on an Australian uniform right now. Honestly, when I pull it on, I'm just going to be pinching myself. It's going to be so sick. Oh, my God. Because yeah. this is – so you played on the weekend, mm-hmm. the other weekend, in an Australian squad. This wasn't the same situation, but you guys killed it. You won. And you – how many points did you get alone just kicking? Um, I think 14. Oh seven conversions, but yeah. So the team um, last weekend was like the they call it the PM's thirteen team. So essentially, it was made up of girls um, in our NRLW competition um, that didn't really make the semis. So it was kind of the leftovers that they <laughs> they made this team with. So I was very privileged enough to to be named in that team. Um, so it was yeah, pretty much out of the Broncos and the Titans girls because both our teams didn't make the semis. And then they also have an Indigenous academy. Um, that were training out of the AAS in Canberra. So they um, gave four or five girls the opportunity to come up and play, um, which was unreal. Suncor, um, it was a good crowd and, yeah, it was just incredible. Oh, my God, I am frothing for you. Now let's, like, <laughs> backtrack and then we'll come back to the current times because I want to hear your story. I remember I got told by – it must have been Kia or your <laughs> sister, Beck, um, which is how I know you – 
biggest blessing. Um, <laughs> and I used to play touch against Kia and Beck because they're around at my age. And then they were telling me how you used to go along and you'd be like seven years old and you'd set up your footy and you'd be taking what is it conversions yep. so you'd be taking conversions at seven years old like <laughs> are you joking and like when I think about that I'm always on about society how far we've come women's sport is such a big thing and I play soccer so even seeing how far soccer has gone in, in over the few years yeah. it's crazy let alone rugby there was no rugby league for women back then like so you were sort of like doing this because you loved it out of passion but you know, there was no like, I, this is the dream I had because the dream didn't exist. So I want to hear about your story, how you, you got to be a Jillaroo today and the journey that you, you have been on. Yeah, it's it's been a hectic journey. And as you said, like when you guys were playing touch, I'd be there. Um, there was like one of the managers at the time was like a young guy. So I would just keep like passing him the ball and getting him to put bombs up um, <laughs> for me in the air. And I'd just be like running around trying to catch them. Um, and I just absolutely loved it. I was obsessed. Like I would, um, yeah, as you said, take conversions. I'd take my little kicking tee. And because at the touch fields at Owen Park there, there's footy posts because it's where the Southport Tigers play as well. So I would just take my little tee and set out right in front and just practice like kicking them over I just loved it like dad and I used to go and watch Burley Bears like the men's play and at half time the kids were allowed to go out in the field so would go out I'd take my kicking tee and would just <laughs> oh my god how <laughs> old are you then <laughs> oh, like six seven like that's yeah. amazing and like I was the only girl out there but I loved it and um like it was funny like we'd kick it and then like everyone would cheer and it was so lame but it was so much fun so I've always wanted to play league but like as you said girls weren't like couldn't really so we were able to up until the age of 12 and then once because you're allowed to play with the boys then but then once you turn 12 you weren't allowed to play with the boys anymore and that's where like the big gap in the game was which is so much better now but there were not enough teams to make all girls teams so you literally Mm. just couldn't play until like you were a bit older and then there was more in the opens like age group so there were more teams um more opportunities like if you're older but there's that age gap from 12 to 18 where you just like I absolutely nothing was there any like south coast teams which is if anyone's listening it's like the school sport representative teams was there anything like that because I don't remember there being for rugby I remember but then also like I didn't go to a league school so they're you know it wasn't just like much information about it so I was like well can't do that so the closest thing I could do to league at the time was touch um so I I played touch and soccer um simultaneously and then eventually they both started you know I started to make rep teams for both and it got to the point where I had to kind of choose yeah Mm. so I ended up choosing soccer um just because I was currently in the AIS um sorry I wasn't in the AS my phone's going off Yasmin later (laughs) (laughs) Yazzy call you back I'll call you later it's my best friend she made it too so we can't wait to travel the world together (laughs) big congrats Yazzy they're planning their after Euro trip let's be honest I'm surprised she's sober they just won their grand final on the weekend oh she might be on the bend yeah I think so sorry so um made QAS for soccer um and that was that was pretty serious I was training like four or five times a week up in Brizzy so shout out to mum and dad for driving me up your mum and dad are the best absolute legends so soccer started to take off I was lucky enough to um get signed on an injury contract for Raw um Brisbane Raw because they had a few injuries I was in year 12 and it happened to time um 
I so I played two games and it was each um, weekend either side of schoolies. So lovely. <laughs> so no schoolies for me. Um, yeah, did that and then was lucky enough to get a contract with the Newcastle Jets the following season. So I moved to Newcastle for about six months and um, play in the W League for the Newcastle Jets down there, um, which was unreal. But also. Like, I had two jobs down there. Like, footy, um, soccer wasn't paying the bills. Um, yeah. It was just... How much were you getting paid? Let's talk about that. Oh, just there, I think it would have been, like, 100 bucks a week or something, which... Holy moly. Like, which they pretty much were like, okay... So, there was no, like, cash handover at the time. It was like, um, your rent and bills are paid for. We'll move you down and we'll put you up. And that was it. Okay, wow. So, what year was food, this? All that. This was year after school, so it would have been 2013. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That was like that was because I was also like up and like up and coming. I wasn't like an estab- established W League player. So some yeah. of the other girls, like they were definitely getting way more than that. But, mm. but still, it wasn't that long ago when the Matildas were only getting like 20k a year, and then they were just being asked to go do two week camps here and there. And they're like, um, "Would you like to pay my rent for me? Like, yeah, this is really, I can't afford to put petrol in the tank." Honestly, yeah, honestly. I did not know this about you. And yeah. as someone who just made my 12 year soccer comeback, <laughs> and like now is like, wow, that like played rep soccer as a kid was blacklisted from the Queensland team, so I didn't really ha- even have a chance of knowing whether I could have made that again because. I did a good job at a camp one time yeah. and just destroyed my reputation. But like, that's incredible that you were you were already an elite like soccer player who really could have made it at that easily. Could have easily had your made your way into being in Matilda. So that's just wild. So what happened when <laughs> you, did you thoughts. quit Newcastle? Yeah. So after that, I was like, okay, Lauren, <laughs> soccer's not going to pay the bills. Like I've Got a couple of jobs going. I love this place, but I need to move back, go to uni, kind of, you know, get my life on track. So I deferred uni for a year after school and thought, yep, move away, play soccer, blah, blah, blah. Um, then I moved back and, yeah, did uni. And then I just played in the NPL. So that was just like a local league. Well, not local, but like southeast Queensland-ish, um, like a Queensland league. Um, for soccer. For soccer, yeah. Was that the Sundays at the moment that they do? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was Sundays. And that was still training like two, three times a week. But it's a commitment. I couldn't do it. I was like, I'll do Monday night. Yes. <laughs> it's still a commitment. And that was like, obviously, you're not getting paid for that. But it was perfect to, you know, I still getting that training and stuff while going to uni. And then obviously, mum and dad being very supportive. I was still living at home and things like that. So that was so helpful. Um, and then one of my... Um, old touch friends that I used to play with, Tony, Tony Wells, thank you very much. Cheers, she, <laughs> she um messaged and was like, Hey, I think mum randomly ran into one of her parents um at the shops or something and they were mentioning how Tony's playing rugby sevens now. Um and like, oh Loz would be like great, blah blah blah. So then Tony actually reached out to me and was like, Hey Loz, um like mum said she ran into um ran into Jenny at the shops. Um if you're like serious about coming and playing rugby sevens I think it'd be great like and then so she fully helped me um she got me like a trial with the Reds so like um Reds development oh, and epic. um which was yeah out of Brizzy so I went there for a trial she came and honestly I absolutely loved it it was probably the closest thing to rugby leg I'd had like just in regards to like the contact dynamic the kicking um obviously the catch pass and stuff um so it was really really cool I loved it and I knew, like, that's kind of what I wanted to focus, like, my sporting attention onto. Yeah. Um, so from there, what year that would have been, like, 
2016, I want to say, and it was fresh after Rio. So the Rugby Sevens girls won gold at the Rio Olympics. Yeah. Um, and a couple of the girls I used to play touch with were in that team and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, so, yeah, I probably um, trained with Reds for maybe two years and then I was lucky enough to get a Aussie development contract, um, which saw I could still live up in Queensland and they'd just fly me down every now and then for like a one-week training camp or um, and then it ended up working out the the main squad had a few injuries especially after com games and stuff so um, me and and Yazzie who is just interrupting her (laughs) (laughs) um, she was in the same position as me on a development contract and we actually got called into a couple teams to play um, on the world series and then um, the next year, um, got signed full time on a two year contract. Had to so when lived in Sydney for two years, was training day in day out. It was my full time job, um, and got to travel the world with some of my best mates, and it was unreal. Oh my god! And yeah. where does that take us up to now? Like so to now, so COVID hit. Yeah, COVID hit, and you were in Sydney when COVID hit. Yeah. Okay. Which yep. was yeah. So Sydney when COVID hit, um, and then I didn't get re-signed, so um, my two years was up, and then they like um, Olympics got postponed, things like that. And so a few of us, I was maybe like five or six of us didn't get re-signed, but I was pretty happy with that because with COVID, like I'd moved home for about four weeks just because we couldn't train all the rules and stuff. So like, might as well go God home. blessings. I know. And I was home and I was like, oh, I don't really want to go back. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm done with Sydney. And so it, it was a blessing in disguise. So then fast forward a couple months. Um, I reached out to one of my old sevens friends who I know is playing league um, down at Burley there. And um, I was like, hey, like any chance I can come down to Burley Bears? Um, I've really wanted to play league. And she knew that. Um, and just want to give it a go, come down to training, see if I like it. This is 2020. Yep, 2020. That you were going to play at a club. Yes. <laughs> but before league, obviously yes. you've nailed all sports, but this is only literally two years ago. Yeah, then Crazy. So August 2020, I yeah, played with Burley Bears and then from that I was lucky enough to, to make the Broncos squad um, and then from there made the Origin team from that NRLW season. Um, that first NRLW season, we won the premiership, which was unreal. Um, wow. And what year was this? That's right. Um, this was 2020. Okay. So, so you did, so you went from Belly Bears yep. to Broncos all in the space of 2020. Yes. Yep. From August to October. Oh my God. Okay. Wiles. <laughs> and then, and it was literally my dream come true to play for the Broncos and to win a premiership with the Broncos like that. In my first year, I, I honestly, like, I was like, what the, f-? like, I just couldn't believe it. Well, Beck was messaging me yesterday and saying that, the, the, as a kid, you loved the Broncos. You never missed a game. Never missed a game. And then you were just obsessed with Darren Lockyer and yeah. her and Sarah would rip on you about it and you'd get embarrassed. But, like, you literally made that dream come true, <laughs> which is wild because there was no Broncos women's team that existed back then and no. you were just a little frother. Yeah. It's just it's crazy <laughs> to see that, like, it's, it's like manifestation that does come true. Like, obviously, you worked hard and you're talented, right? But it's like you were just this little frother. So to have that come true yeah. is just – it's amazing. Like, I'm frothing for you. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, is this even happening? But it did and, yeah. Oh, my God, <laughs> incredible. So you went from the Broncos to the Titans. Yep. What happened there? Because obviously the Broncos was like your OG team. Mm-hmm. You grew up with them. In saying that, anyone who doesn't go for the Titans or the Suns as a 
Gold Coast person. Eventually, one day, I know not right now, they're all going to get premierships. Yes. And then you're going to jump on the bandwagon. So shut up and get behind them now. (laughs) Just (laughs) do it now. Exactly. So did you start going for the Titans as soon as they started up? Yeah. You're a very local girl. You're a very loyal supporter. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you had the two teams. Yeah, I had two. Did you have an option? If they versed each other, I actually still went for the Bronx just because, like, my loyalty was, like, they were my first team. And then, like, Titans are also my first team, but I just, when Lockie was playing, I was like, I just love Lockie too much, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, but like, now your first, first. On Titans. Well, how old are you? I was probably, like, 12 when the Titans came around. Yeah, probably they, a little bit older, they actually. They came into the Comp in 07, um... So I, I was a lot older than 12. <laughs> so I would have been 12. Maybe you were 12. I was 12. I was like 15. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, you were OG. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So how did you then make the move from Broncos to Titans? Yeah. I feel like that would have torn with your loyalty. Oh my Probably, God. It's like choosing between two hot boyfriends. <laughs> Take both. No. <laughs> Could I have one this week and one the other? <laughs> it was It was honestly like a really tough decision because um, I'd played – two seasons with the Bronx and I absolutely loved it and some of those like girls are some of my best friends and they'll be friends for life like some of the like memories and stuff we've had like you can't take that away so that was really hard choosing to leave them in that group but um the Titans I was like they just gave me such a good opportunity and um like they're my hometown like to be able to run out representing your hometown like it's it's unreal. It's giving me chills. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so to represent my hometown and also um, just the club, the Titans as a club, like they are so supportive of the women's team. It's ridiculous. Like I've never experienced anything like it. Like they just – anything like to help us, they will bend over backwards for. Um, and I had multiple calls from Steve, the CEO, um, just like – which I – like, I've never had a phone call with the Bronco CEO. Like, not to call anyone out here. Yeah, he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. He it's much more personalised. Way more personalised. For example, like, Steve, the CEO, he came down to watch a local club game. So, like, we, the Burley Bears, were versing, like, a Brisbane team. And he came and watched the game and stayed till after and, like, spoke to all the girls and, like, just those personal connections. Like, I don't know, it just makes you feel like, way more connected. You feel special. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, you actually care about me as a person yeah. and, like, what I'm up to on a day-to-day basis, 100%. whereas, like, you can just be a number yes. that's filling a position yeah. and other We're places. not just a player. Yeah. yeah. And that's what was very clear with the Titans. So I was just, like, that kind of, like, maybe take a step back. I was like, whoa, like, they genuinely care about the girls and the girls' program and they really want to see it do well. Um, and then, then they appointed Karen Murphy as the coach. So bit of background, like Murph is literally the best female to ever play rugby league. Um, she, yeah, she's incredible. She's got such a good footy brain. Um, so when she was coach, um, got appointed coach, I was like, I want to like, play for her. Um, and not just her coaching and her playing ability, but her as a human, like she's just an absolute legend. She's so funny, but she's also very relaxed, but super serious when you need to be. Mm. Kind of like Wayne, Wayne Bennett vibes. Um, like when she talks, you listen kind of thing. Um, and she just has so much respect in the game. Um, so, yeah, when I heard that she was going to be coach, I was like, yeah, I, I really want to really want to play for the Titans. Wow, that's yeah. a bit of a no-brainer then, yeah. like all the pieces of the puzzle. It's 100. so nice to hear you being so supported. Mm. 
Oh, honestly, it's so good. And then another aspect was the Titans actually offered me a job, um, which helped a lot because, you know, like with our – we're not professional. We're like semi-professional at the moment. So it's – girls still have full-time jobs, and but the training commitments are nearly full-time. Um, so you, girls are starting work at 8, finishing – have to finish early at like 2 and then go to training at 3 and then don't get – don't finish training till eight. So it's essentially it's a 12-hour day. And then by the time they get home, some girls were commuting from Brizzy. Some girls have relocated so they couldn't work at all. So it's like the fact that, yeah, they offered me a job within the club just made it so much, like, easier for me to be flexible around training um, and just another, like, financial, um, like, made me a bit more comfortable with, yeah. like, financial stability yeah, yeah for sure you want to know you're going somewhere 100%. and I feel like you know let's take it back to your Newcastle contract where mm. it was like just surviving there yeah and it's like yeah it's come so far but you need that help where it 100%. is they're helping out if they can't offer the money then them helping out with the job situation yeah so much nicer it goes to show how much women are sacrificing to be in these types of leagues yep. to be professional athletes. Whereas like the men, it's just, you turn up to training, you go home because you're on that big of a contract as if you would be getting a job. There's yeah. no, no need. I don't even think but, about but it. But also like your energy, mm. right? Like imagine during the season, you see old mate Joe Blow, who's like, let's take any name in the league yeah. at the cafe serving you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, I just got to go head to training soon, yeah. guys. I'm tired of training. Like not a chance. Honestly. It just wouldn't happen. But yeah. that's what you guys are having to do. Mm-hmm. And that's such, a commitment I like give it up for you guys because I definitely didn't have it in me even like when when I think about it when I was very young people would be like oh you could have done this in soccer you could have done that mm. firstly couldn't have blacklisted myself <laughs> secondly I was like I didn't have it in me to commit yeah like I was like that is even hearing about your QAS like four trainings a week that is such a commitment and I didn't I didn't have that headspace in me so it's like to be a professional athlete as a woman in these team sports where we are nowhere near where men are in like ratings and getting money anything yeah. it's such a commitment so I give it up for all of you to be doing that and yeah. it's just yeah it's it's kudos to you because you've like earned every single bit of it but you never gave up like in regards to like not that you had to or you were forced to but like to message a friend and be like hey what's happening at belly bears yeah that's so cool i just froth that <laughs> yeah. so much like that's like, yeah, so what's, epic what's going on but i like before i got signed with sevens like she was in my ear like come to league come to league um, so then as soon as I stopped sevens, I was like, all right, I'm coming. <laughs> like, what's I going love on? That. But I think, cause I had a couple months off sport, like after training full time, I just was like, ah, fuck, I just need, you know, a month off just doing my own thing, own training. And I just missed that like competitive team environment. Mm. So I was like, nah, I need to come back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now's the time to try league. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I can relate to. Like, there's a mental headspace that I've really gotten around this year. Like, part of the reason why I was like, okay, I'm going back to soccer was because I was turning 30 and I was like, okay, well, I would rather, like, try now mm. than, like, just know that I, like, gave it a crack again. But also I was, like, reflecting upon my life and I was like, okay, cool. When did I really get struggle mentally? Mm. Like, when did it go out of control? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's the year I quit soccer. 
that's the year that I didn't play team sport anymore. I'm like, okay, cool. What did soccer give me? I'm like, cool. I'm literally physically running around on the field. It was like an hour and a half meditation. I'd normally play twi- twice a week. Yep. Um, training, you're fully connected with women. I was most, I'm my most authentic self when I'm at training. I'm just like, this is who I am. I don't give a shit. You don't have to judge me because I know I'm one of the better people in the team. Yes. So you need me. <laughs> so I, I can be my full self. It's like, yes. I don't have to fawn to you. I can just, I know you'll accept me. Yes. And so like, I'm just my full self and then you're supported by other women your teammates so they want you to do well you want them to do well and it's just so supportive it's unlike anything else you all have one goal and then running around for an hour and a half like my eye is on that ball the whole time it's like a meditation but I follow a ball around like and it's like I'm completely clear and I'm kicking like I'm physically like any anger that I would have had in my system growing up it would have been like released every week when I played that sport and I was like whoa there are so many aspects to team sport that is just like physical team sport that is so amazing for your mental emotional and spiritual health let alone physical so Mm. fit yeah so yeah I can imagine after you having the one month off you would like okay where am I going yeah it's like I need to do something yeah Yeah. so on that note like what does it give you like you're just nodding your head as I'm saying all those things Mm. so it's like with your mental emotional spiritual physical health like what is it's team sport given you Oh, it's, yeah, it's such a good question. Everything you're saying then, I was like, yep, tick, tick, tick. Because I'm not, like, a massive, like, spiritual person. It's something I'm trying to get better at because, obviously, Beck and Say, like, they're, they're quite in touch with their spiritual side. And that's something, like, I can definitely tap into more of because I see the benefits of it. They're um, doing enough work in the house for you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you can just, like, be like, you go do it and then let me know. I get home, I'm like... That smell of backstage my room again. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, you move back in with Beck, so she's doing all the spiritual work. Yeah, no, but yeah, it's great. But it's um, yeah, no, exactly what you said. Like it's just a release, and you don't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just something about like I'm massive on routines, so something like sport gives me is just really nice. Reach like a training routine, and then like. If that's in routine, then I can put other things like around it and it just helps me get like my life kind of in order a little bit. Mm. And then also like it's so cool, like team sport, like as you said, in a team, you've all got the same goal to win the game, win the comp, but how you get there, everyone takes a different path. Like because in a team, everyone's got different roles they got to play and if one person doesn't do their role, then the team gets impacted by that. So it's kind of cool that like especially in league, like you got your forwards, they're not going to be doing the cutout passes, but they've got to be running like taking it forward but if they don't do that then the backs can't do the cutout passes and the you know the flashy plays off that so it's like everyone has their role mm. play to get to that goal mm-hmm. um and like uh, there's something just really special about that um and just like the team bond like it's yeah it's as I said before like I don't know what like if you find but like when you're growing up like the I feel like the most people that you connected with or you're like better friends with were the people that played sport Mm because you just have such a like an unspoken connection I don't know and I feel like your brain's just on the same wavelength like I look back at school and I'm like like my friends at school were lovely but I look back and like I'm barely in touch with any of them now and I'm like the only thing I had in common with them back then was school whereas like all my friends now like I've got sport or like you know different teams and things but then like we nothing's changed like we're still you know we've just taken off from where we left like 
I don't know. Yeah, I can relate. And I think that for me, like in general, like sport, playing sport, mm. playing soccer has been my medicine. Yeah. Yeah, like as a kid, for sure. And so I can relate. Like when we had SoFi Saving, there were so many different sports that I played and I found that, yeah, it was going to these things where you all had this something in common and you all had a drive Mm. that, yeah, it connected you. But also when you're in a team, like everyone has their role and it's so beautiful to see because even like on the soccer field, I was watching people this season. I'm going to talk about soccer a lot, guys, because it's the (laughs) only way I can relate to Lauren right now. And it was a thing that I did this year and I really was able to observe like my headspace, all these things. And I, whoa, tick, tick, tick. When I did go back, I was like, this is what is helping me mentally, emotionally, Mm -hmm. so many, in so many ways. But I was able to sit there one game when I was on the sideline because I was injured. And I was like, <laughs> you didn't get pulled, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was just went finally went and watched a game, right? I was the most unsupported person because even in that, like, I got injured for two months, didn't go watch at all. Like, yeah. it was like a bitterness and my ego was in the way. I was like, mm, I can't play, so fuck yous. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, and then I finally went and was like wooing and I was having the best time. And I'm like, whoa, I waited a bit long for this. But like, then I was able to go, shit, that was my ego you little selfish bitch go and watch your team play like what is wrong with you be supportive yeah exactly I didn't have it in me I was too like if I can't be out there then I'm gonna but then say that I'd be like I'm going to yoga instead because I'm going to better myself you know like I was just like not supportive at all but when I did go and support I realized all this firstly but secondly I was like oh my god everyone's so uniquely talented and this person's got a really good kick but this person's yep. great at like dribbling and that person like you know and I was like oh and I just had was so in awe of everyone in the team and then when you mesh together and I got to play in a grand final with these women like I didn't even like obviously I wanted to win more than anything I turned into an absolute beast out on the field but I was like I just like love that I get to play an extra game with these women like they're so epic and you just froth on each other and like that in itself is so fucking cool and I think that in Australia when you have tall poppy syndrome Mm -hmm. a lot you're not getting that from your school friends who aren't playing sport unfortunately because they don't have that demeanor and like even I was saying to you on the phone I think I was like you can tell a person from even if they played no sport or just individual sport compared compared to team sport and it's just a way of life. Like I know that the way I will just like do anything for anyone, it probably comes down to like my family, how they brought me up. Your family is very similar. Mm-hmm. They do anything for you and you've got sisters. Whereas I'm like, a twin so it, everything's about collaboration everything's yep. about teamwork and then you add in just playing team sport I've only thrived in team sport I when I did surf I saving and I'd like go and do like the board rest, race by myself yeah. I was like wee this is so fun I sucked but you put me in a team and I will do anything for those teammates yeah. it's like, like anything competitiveness takes over yeah I love it and so like for you especially playing along with your besties now mm. that's so epic like you're all playing professional sport together it's just like so 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 cool so what's training like like share with me like because you're like why would you want to train on your own oh honestly like I I don't know how people like in individual individual sports do it like hats off to them they must have some whole like mental toughness and drive like on a whole nother level because sometimes you don't feel like training but you go because you want to see your friends yeah <laughs> so connection it's, yeah it's connection yeah, yeah yeah and it's like you're or if like you're feeling really shitty and low and then like you get to training but then your friends pick you up and you're like oh like energy's back up blah 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 um 
So, no, it's cool. Like, training, um, so, for, like, for NRLW, we would do, like, four, three to four sessions a week, um, like, three field and gym, three gyms, um, and then, like, a captain's run, which is, like, a pre-game run where you go through, like, your structures and your plays, like, the day before you play. So, it's pretty chill. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we'd do that. So, we'd literally roll in from three, um, everyone coming from their full-time job. So. <laughs> you're, you're buggered. So, thank God you've got connection. I don't know how else you'd yeah. do it. Yeah. So, you literally roll in and then, honestly, like, if you've had, like, a shit day or something, it just, it changes your mood. Like, you get there and it's, you know, you just see different, like, different faces to what you've been seeing all day or, you know, and it's just, like really exciting and you just can't wait to train like you just can't wait to get down there and throw the ball around go down a bit earlier have a kick like you know it's just it's just so much fun and there's like I don't know we had a squad of 30 so that's a lot of a lot of girls a lot of energy um but it was awesome amazing yeah yeah and so what is your training like for the people out there like what does a normal training session consist of and then like your gyms etc yep so um so we'd do like yeah as I said like three fields um so we'd roll in at around three do like stretching and movement like mobility get your body ready to kind of train for about like I think I was like three to four had to rat test in between then too um <laughs> Shit. yeah rat test first make sure no one's got cocoa um <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah rolling mobility stretching um foam rolling triggering all that kind of fun stuff and then um in that time there was also strapping so anything you need straps shoulders ankles knees um you name it I had to get my wrist like you know you get that done um then we rolled down to field sometimes we might do like video review beforehand um so what we kind of want to work on um in the training session so like um, if it's in season we'll identify what the opposition like what they do, what they're good at, what they're bad at, play, plays we should target um, and things like that or what they're going to throw at us, how we defend, um, all that kind of stuff. We'll do that for about half an hour. So it takes us to about 4.30. By the time we roll down to the field, we start at five. Um, our sessions normally for about an hour and a half um, and in that you do a whole mix of um, ball skills, like conditioning, um, games, then you do like you'll break up, so backs and forwards will break up and do like certain specific things um, to those positions and then you come back in and add it all together um, and then do it like a, you know, team run about, you know, 13 aside um, and then more con. It's honestly just pretty much a bit of everything. Um, wow. Yeah. And so you said that you get there at three yep. and you don't leave till eight? Um, yeah, roundabout. So, <laughs> yeah, field and then gym probably starts 6.30 um after this yes after this yeah oh my god and they feed you um no okay you bring you pack your little lunch yeah that, yep. that you oh my god yep. some of these girls have gone left for work at like eight o'clock in the morning yeah yep. oh my god and then so like they might have like a snack before we start and then like like a snack before we start gym so after field before gym um gyms were only about 30 to 45 minutes um and that would change depending on what the day is on what exercises you did um, and then that finishes and it's probably about 7.30, 8 o'clock once you do ice bars and things after gym. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's incredible. And you're doing this how many times a week? Three, you said? Um, three, sometimes four. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Wow. That yeah. is such a commitment. It's, it's massive. It's a job. Especially because some girls come from Brizzy too. Um, so they, you know, still have an hour and a bit drive to go home after. And then get up and go to work and do it all again the and next day. I take so long to wind <laughs> down after like 
any type of thing yes. like that. And yeah. my training was 10. No, my training was like five minutes up the road. And it's just like, I wouldn't get to bed till so late. Mm-hmm. That's so incredible. Yeah. I The dedication is just wowing me. I'm like, this is just, it's so crazy. Yeah. I'm, and it, some of these girls are mums, so they've got kids. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know how they do it, honestly. Um, and yeah, try and support, support their kids. But like the thing is, like we're lucky enough that we actually get paid now. Like girls are doing this way before, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Even take it back six years ago, they, no one's getting paid for this. And they were doing all this just because they, were, they had the passion for the sport and they wanted to, they, they wanted to play. Yeah. Um, not for the money, not for anything. They literally they were paying to play. So they would pay to play for their country, for their state, to represent anything, they would pay for it. So we've got it pr- like we've got it extremely good now compared to them. Yeah. Even though there's still such a big disparity with us and the men, it's it's going in the right direction. But mm. we also gotta look at like what girls did before and Oh, yeah, it's they incredible. Didn't get any of this. And yeah, so I honestly I'm just like, yeah dumbfounded that's amazing and that's so true like if we even when you're growing up you got to look at like privilege like it was very expensive you did the same as me gold coast soccer when we did gold coast soccer we paid a thousand dollars for three nights away in gladstone like nowhere does it cost a thousand dollars someone was making money somewhere making money and the boys would go away for seven days and pay a thousand dollars yeah we were paying the same amount so obviously our money was probably going to them but that meant that kids weren't who weren't in privileged positions like mm. remembering like there was 600 something dollars for me to sign up to do soccer this year at Brody. yeah like it's huh? yeah it's not <sighs> cheap it's like it's so it's just like made me really realize i'm like holy shit i come from a very privileged family where mm. they you know, just like your family prioritize sport yeah right it's a priority like in that you know my dad played rugby union for the school's australian teams he yep. was known for that my mom's like did a semi-professional triathlon so i'm just like we're lucky that that's in our blood but what if like your parents when you're growing up were like no it's a thousand dollars not yep, a chance can't bro. Do it. like can't do it and or financially can't do it like there's privilege and then there's priorities and it's like we were so lucky to grow up like that firstly but secondly like if you take a girl six years ago in your league mm. that would have been cutting out a lot of people who physically couldn't do that they yep. had to put their kids first they had to put all these other things first they had to put you know feeding themselves in the bare minimum of survival first so now it's bringing in better competition so unfortunately just not the girls who are so passionate that they can pr- be privileged enough to do yes. it for nothing but now you're actually getting stronger competition because the girls who didn't have privilege they're being able to give in an opportunity to play 100% yeah and then even going back to like the opportunity to play like now there's literally pathways from five years old to open so like you've got all your junior club you've got everything through your school's program and and club so if like you can't afford to play club then like you can do it through your school um because majority of schools have like some form of pathway or you can go to like a, a state school that has a league pathway so there's lots of ways that like girls can be playing sport all the way through so like the standard in the next five years is going to be ridiculous because these girls have been playing since they've been 10 years old so they've learned all the contact aspects of Mm. the game which is what is probably lacking in the women's like you know because we have only started doing contact like quite late in 
you know, our teens compared to these girls who will be doing it from when they're 10 years old. So yeah. seeing, like, their progression and the quality and the standard, like, they're going to make us look silly in, like, yeah, yeah. five, ten years. Like, they're just going to be crazy. So I think, like, you'll see all the, like, the d- development on pathways come to fruition and that's when you'll see the comp be yeah. unreal. But it's, yeah, all because girls have an opportunity to play now. Like, when, you know, there was a, a little gap in age groups, which is quite like a, a developing, like your developing years really from 12 to 18 um, where, yeah, you could You didn't really do anything. Yeah, you Unless you play. played up in opens. Yeah, which is like when you're 12 years old, oh, my, it's tackle. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, like, don't want to learn to tackle. <laughs> you, you get some complimentary brain damage with that. <laughs> Next level. And you're seeing it now, though, with soccer. You mm. see that now because I'm like, you know, growing up it was just like I remember being gutted about not being a boy. I was just like, this is bullshit. Yeah. 14 years old, not allowed to play with the boys anymore. I was like, this is bullshit. And I say this like out of the kindness place of my heart, no judgment, but like, thank fuck there wasn't like you could just change your gender around when I was 14 because I would have done it to fuck with everyone (laughs) and just so I could play boy sport. Because I, being a twin of a brother, like, you know, Tom got to go to TSS, Mm -hmm. was bitter about that. He got to continue playing whatever sport he wanted. I got kicked out of a league that I was doing quite well in and I would do like, I remember rocking up to school that final year and I'd beaten the boys in my year at school and, um, and I was like just shoving him in their face and I'd like played awesome and I was like no you're a girl now yeah, you can't so you play can. yeah and I was like oh my god so when I hear you talk about when you were 12 yep. and you weren't allowed to play league anymore like w- did you have that same thing mm. yeah I was just like oh righto but I think because I wasn't playing league yet that I was like it wasn't my heart wasn't broken because I never mum and dad knew that it would break my heart so yeah, like, I actually ne- yeah I never played rugby league when I was young. It was just touch soccer, surf life saving, and that was kind of filling my cup. Like yeah. that was yeah you know, that was I was getting enough with sport, and then I kind of think like then it changed into soccer. I think that was like the closest thing to contact. Yeah. Like, so yeah, so I just kind of lived and breathed through that, and then eventually found my way back. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I I was just gutted that it was just like it was a contact sport. But then in saying that, like the amount of contacts what I've had from soccer this season, I can't believe you play league like and you girls run around tackling each other like it is mental. I played one game maybe of league and one game of union and one of AFL in school. Yep. like And, you know, those little comps you yep, have at school. And yeah, stuff. and so and my, and my was not allowed out there without a big headgear on my head. Like, and <laughs> even, got- yeah, and mouth got, and I didn't give a shit about myself back then, mm. so I would have been just, I would have been into it, but I'm quite small. Mm. So I just look at you girls when it's on the TV and I'm like, this is mental. Like, I'm in shock. Like, what are the challenges that come with that? Like, talk me through the mental process you have when the biggest girl on the other team is running at you and you have to tackle her. Anything? It's kind of <laughs> like fight or fright. <laughs> You're in survival mode. Honestly, PTSD's kicked in. It's honestly like sometimes like you'll get hit or something, you get like a big bruise or you start bleeding, but you don't feel it because you've honestly got that much adrenaline running through your body. Um, but like the amount of like technique work and stuff you do at training, like you just kind of trust the process and it's just like you don't even need to think because you've – done so many reps and stuff with training that it's nothing new um so that kind of like 
that helps. But when there's a big girl running, I just think, oh, she can't run without legs, so I just try and tackle her legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, because I can't – if I have to watch my dad watch the TV one more time and be like, around the legs. Like, <laughs> everyone knows just get them around the legs. Like, why are you going for their big shoulders, yeah. man? That's pretty hard. Yeah, like if I – Try and go for someone's like like a big girl up higher. Just get pushed off. Like, yeah, just palm you in the face. Like I don't know physics. I don't know what that's called, but it's just it's not going to work in my favour. So no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But honestly, like sometimes there's sometimes like there's someone big running at me, and I go, "All right, Lauren, hon, the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> I go, you've got to make this tackle. So, so I do it. But I was like, Lauren, put on your big girl pants and you got this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And well, I like even in soccer, like I go through, I've been known to, I just go in hard. And then this year was like, I have to tone it back, right? I have to play smarter, <laughs> not harder. Red cards. Yeah, well, um, probably. But like, <laughs> I just were hurting myself. Like, I was like, yeah. I'm physically, I'm 29 now. I'm not 15. The other girls also aren't that age. Yeah. Like, I'm getting injuries. Like, I got an injury from a tackle. I'm like, okay. And my friend Brooke was like, you, you, you do go in hard though, Em. And I'm like, this isn't the end of the season. And I was like, what do you mean? I've toned it down so much this season. And she's like, yeah, you're still going hard compared to other people. Way better than you were. Yeah. But oh I gosh. was like. Next level. And then I went through a phase of maybe three to four games where I was like so petrified of getting injured. It was mm. like at the end of the season. I was just like, I just want to fucking survive this season. I just <laughs> want to survive without an injury. And so this one girl was just going so hard to the point she got yellow cards and I was screaming at the ref. I'm like, we're not 17 years old. If we get injured, we won't be able to go yeah. to work. We won't be able to – our mummies aren't looking after us. Like, can you just, like, get her under control? Because it felt like she was literally playing rugby oh, and gosh. she was running at me with her shoulders. And I was like, I cannot imagine actually playing rugby. Holy shit. But I know what you mean by the injury thing because when we were in our grand final, like, some girl, like, stood on my ankle mm. – and like glided down with her boot and awesome. I was just like screaming and then it happened again it got started again and I was just like beast mode was just activated but pure adrenaline to the point where I was like I was high it was like I was fully high oh, yeah and at the end of the game I like looked to my ankle was fully looked like it had another ankle and I was like oh my god but it is crazy that you can disassociate or use that like channel that yeah. anger and that adrenaline and just be like use it as energy I don't know how your body does it honestly like you can some girls, you know, break their nose. They do things, and they're like, "Yep, <laughs> good to go." <laughs> get get up to their feet. I'm like, "How?" And it's just crazy that like that's what your body does. It's like, "Yep, cool." Like you walk out of a game, and you're still like after the game, you're like, "Yeah, cool, all good." But it's like that night, and the next morning, you get up, and you're like. I feel like I've been hit by a bus. Yeah, and you guys are getting physically tackled. Like, this is just my legs flinging around. Like, it's absolutely mental. So, for you, what are the biggest challenges, like, is it in in playing this sport? Is it emotional? Is it physical? Is it, like, the time you have to give to it? What are your challenges and have been? Yeah, I would say it's definitely the contact side of things because, um, like, depending on what position I play, but being, like, if I'm playing nine, which is hooker, um, not on a Friday night. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just on the field, just in between the white lines and not those white lines either. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, like, that's, like, straight in, like, literally in the middle of the field. So I've got all, like, the big forwards running at me. So my biggest challenge is trying to stop them. So I can tackle around the legs but also, like, a simple way of putting it is, like, you want – to tackle them as kind of as slowly as you can to give your team more time to get back on side. So mm. if I tackle them around the legs, they find their front and it's a quicker play the ball. 
So, like, I need to learn to, like, you know, try and wrap the ball up and slow it down and more, like, wrestle them down to the ground, um, which is harder. So it's, like, trying to find, like, the happy medium with that and just, yeah, the physicality of just, like, repeat tackles. Um, Mm. And, yeah, just (laughs) – so that's, like, when I'm playing in the middle, that's one of the main – challenges to me is just yeah making sure like I've got really good contact yeah and I wanted to talk about like because that is just mental I can't even I'm just like I can't imagine like that last soccer game I was like get me to the end of this and then unless the Matildas call up for a trial run I'm out this body is out so yeah I can't even imagine a girl like solid human running at me are they really some of them like a hundred I weigh 48 (laughs) <laughs> oh my Honestly. god that's amazing and what i really want to know okay that mental headspace is just like you know i'll never be able to wrap my head around it won't be happening and i thought i was a tough bitch but apparently not we're learning today but i want to know and i was looking at this like um when you were taking a kick mm-hmm. and, and i'm just like what is going through her head <laughs> what is going on in that head of hers like because I'll come bring back to soccer. Yep. We were tr- doing penalty kicks yep. in, for the grand final, and obviously I'd be one of the last eleven on, and um, I couldn't fucking do it. Like, yeah. and I was, and this is so I haven't played in years, but it was like the whole team is standing there, and they're like, "Oh my god, we're going to get the goalie to take a kick before <laughs> you're fucking taking a kick." It's that embarrassing. And I was like, "What is the headspace?" Yeah. Like, and um, I eventually got it, but I was like, "No, I couldn't." Make, it's all about your headspace. It's all about yep. staying like confident, choosing what you're going to do. But so I'm so interested because you are an amazing kicker obviously converting at seven years old you know doing those conversions has paid off but like what was what goes through your head talk us through that it's funny you say that with um like Dottie's penalty shootouts because I used to take them in soccer but I would always get in my head I would get worked up and I'd put so much pressure on myself and I I reckon I missed more than I got wow yeah so I ended up like was like no like i I don't want to take these. The coach was probably like, no, nah, you don't take them anymore. <laughs> you don't take them anymore. And one of my friends that um, played tennis, she was incredible at them because – Ah, that headspace. Like, you know, match points, things like that, having mm. to hold your nerves. So she was really good. But that's something, like, I've really tried to work on because um, it's what you can control. Um, and it's – yeah, so I do a lot of goal-kicking practice. Like, that's one thing. I'm like, that's my craft. That's – you know, a, like my point of difference, I need to make sure I'm on because it can win or lose a game and it doesn't matter how important the game is, like it can make such a difference. Or say like, for example, it worked in my favour, um, not the origin this year, but last year. Um, so we scored, well, they scored first, and so it was 4-0, they missed their kick and then we scored and it was out a little bit wider um, and I got that kick. So we're up 6-4. We're up and then something else happened. Oh, no, maybe they got their kick. Sorry. So I got it to six all. And then we got a penalty, like, in the last minute of the game to win. It was right in front of goal. And obviously it was in front. So I got that. But, like, if I missed that one out wide, that one in front would have been a draw. It would have gone into extra time. So, like, yeah. it may not be the clutch kick at the end. But, like, it can that takes the pressure off later. For sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, something like I always like to practice my goal kicking. I go down to Pizzy Park, take Dad down with me, the legend, and, um, yeah, so I always go. But I have the same process. No matter if the if the um, the kick's in front of goal or if it's one centimetre from the sideline, um, I have the same process and I do it when I'm practising. So then when I'm on the field, it feels Comes like naturally. I'm just down. 
practicing yeah. so pretending you're at busy yeah, park literally yeah. i just pretend i'm down there i have the same thing i do you know put the tea down the same way i put the ball on the tea the same way i get up i think i like brush my knee dirt off my knee or something and fix my jersey and do something with my hair and then like i take you know three steps back i look back see that the ball's like going where i want it to go happy with that yep good next and i'll take my three steps to the side you know, getting this weird, awkward little quarter squat thing. I don't know where it started, but I can't kick if I don't do that now. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to pop my booty because A, I don't have one, and B, I don't know why I'm doing this, but it works. So I'm going to keep doing it. Um, That's amazing. And then, honestly, I just take a deep breath in and, like, just kind of look at the ball and trace where I want to kick it through the post. Exhale, looking back, bringing, like, back to my center and then I just do one breath in and then when I start my exhale that's when I go left right left kick and then hopefully it goes where I want it <laughs> amazing yeah oh my gosh well you heard yeah. it here first guys <laughs> that is what you need to be doing but it's like is it Nadal it's Rafael Nadal he's yeah, like oh that, like that what that's just painful to watch after wedgie. yeah picks his wedgie yep. where the wedgie pick is mm, involved it's yep. just incredible that that's involved but like it's every single time but that's every single time he does a point and you're just like how many points yeah. are in a fucking tennis match it's mental there's five games honestly <laughs> like, and he can't stand on the lines or anything on the court he's got he's got a lot yeah he's got a lot going on in that headspace. Oh. So it's like yours is pretty straightforward. I yeah. love that you're like, oh, I picked up this thing and now I can't let it go. It's got to be there. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to watch you next yeah. time you take it on TV. I'll be like yeah, watching every like, single part of that. Yeah. But that's incredible. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. But uh, there was one stage where I was kind of like going through like a rough patch where I was all in my head with my kicking. Mm. And um, it was honestly like sometimes you know you're going to kick it before you actually kick it. And it's all if you have like that little bit of doubt. So there was this, I don't know how it came in, but there was this voice coming into my head like, nah, it's going to miss kind of thing. And I had to like try and change that. So Beck actually wrote like a visualisation down for me and she recorded it and stuff. Um, So like she literally um, wrote down like my whole process and things um, for me to listen to. Um, So I just closed my eyes and just visualised that because like that's a massive part of it visualizing visualizing that's going to go in before you actually kick it yeah um so yeah that was massive for my headspace and that yeah and it got me got me back on wow because mm. i and this is so interesting because i've always been interested in like sportsmen and they, do they have like psychiatrists like what do, who are they yeah. not psychiatrists and on drugs but like you know <laughs> do they have like that support and I remember there used to be like a good hypnosis guy because my brother says Tom love you but he kept getting ducks and he's just he's amazing cricket yep. player but he was a um, opening batsman and kept getting ducks and I remember mum must have said something about it. I don't think he saw someone but there was this person who used to go to where I went to the osteo and I was so intrigued mm. by it but it's so true that's kind of what Beck put you through it's yep. a little bit of a hypnosis when you start to do visualization practices that come through like talking yep. and I think that that's so incredibly powerful because even Meg who's in my soccer team she's this mum incredible woman she worked for the Matildas doing like she's OT and she was just like yeah I visualized my shots she got like three goals in a game mm. like and they're incredible the goals and I'm like it can't not work like yes. that is what she's doing and yeah I think it's so unbelievably powerful but also to then have like I I love like I'm very grateful for this as well like my dad is just like number one supporter yep. when I wanted to get back into soccer he was down at Broadbeach school oh. with me like kicking the ball training me up and like if you have so that good. same support yes. which I absolutely love and like 
it's, you know, you do you think you'd be where you are today with your dad's support? Um, oh, 100%. Without if I didn't have, yeah, without, if I didn't have mum or dad's support, even my sisters, no way I'd be, you know, where I am today. Yeah. Like, even, yeah, driving me all around the countryside, paying paying for Red Joe, paying for me to go away with teams, paying for opportunities, paying, like, you know, driving me to all these trainings without them or even just picking me up when I'm down. Like, there were times, you know, um, especially, like, in the sevens, like, that I wouldn't make teams. I wouldn't get to go to um, South Africa. I wouldn't, you know, get to go to these cool places. But, like, you know, and that sucks, but that's also elite sport. But they were there to pick me up all the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, ev- even now, like my sisters, like I, I finish a game and then there's Sarah, like she'll send me the stats and, you know, if I, like I go to my phone after a game, I've always got like a message from mum and dad, Beck and Sarah, like no, no doubt after every game. And it's just so nice. Like they literally, Sarah, <laughs> Sarah should get into commentary or something. <laughs> yeah. She bloody lives and breathes it. And it's so good. And she's got a good eye for it as well. But um, no, they're literally, they live and breathe it just as much as me. Yeah. Um, and that's so cool. So cool. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. When you have that type of support and your family is very supportive, but to have two sisters who are just like on your team no yeah. matter what, and then your parents are just so dedicated to the process. Yeah. We'll note on the parents thing, okay, I saw the video of your mom pre-game, Titans, oh and you're like, you're just taking a video of you're obviously getting <laughs> your massage. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting a massage your mum is rubbing down your legs like she's your own personal oh, masseuse oh. I, you'll have to send me i can I'll post it, it on the thing yeah. i was like this is the best and i went outside how's my form i'm yeah. like going into like maybe a semi-final i was like dad can you do the massage gun on me and he's like oh do i have to or maybe it was yeah. mum and i was like do you know what lauren's mum does <laughs> she oh, gives her a full rub down they're like get yeah, lauren's in the titans you can go to your little club sport now bro you can leave us alone Honestly. No, hats <laughs> off to mum when I was playing with bears and stuff. She would do the same thing because the first game of league I played, my car started cramping. I never cramped. And I was like, oh, so from then on, mum just would get – I was like, mum, you got to use your forearm. <laughs> get into using, it, mum. Using the head. No, nah, and then you see her putting, like, all her body weight into it. It's – Bloody legend. Honestly, she'll do anything. Oh, Jenny, anything. anything. Absolutely anything. So it's like, yeah, I've no doubt that, like, they are such a big – uh, like presence mm. in your achievements and it's yeah. so beautiful like beck yesterday shout out to beck too she was literally like messaging me your whole the way you would play sport like all these oh. things and she's like and then she'd come and she'd play as a go away to asp school yep. touch sport, sport and you'd be in year eight <laughs> playing with the year 12s <laughs> like and she's like you know and poor, the poor year 12s that missed out but really she earned it like it's just <laughs> so cool all these messages that were coming through she's oh. Just, like oh it's so beautiful when your family is your biggest fan yes and, like, you have that and you guys are all, you know, three sisters. It could be the opposite to that. It could yep. be very jealous. could be anything like that. And you all have such unique talents and you all support each other so well. Mm. So it's just, oh, my God, so beautiful to see. So I think that we'll – I also want to talk, touch base on, like, the doubt. Like, having doubt and, like, what advice you would have for anyone who's – in sport because doubt I've noticed that when I was like what the fuck is going on because obviously coming back to a sport after 12 years I was like really humbled Mm. I thought I was like the best ever very much humbled (laughs) very quickly I was like holy shit and but I was like 
it's, I mean, I found that 50% of that was me being in my head of like, fuck, I can't do it or nervous or like comparing myself. And yep. I was like, as soon as I stopped and got into the field as one game and was just like, just trust, don't doubt, just trust, stop with the doubt. Because mm-hmm. as soon as I'd be like, oh, should I kick there? I'd fuck it. But yep. if I just like my gut instinct every time and just was confident and didn't doubt myself, no, no worries, no dramas at all. But also the other thing I would say in a team sport is you fuck up. Having to forgive yourself. And just get the fuck over it straight away because then you can go from ruining a play to a whole game and, like, your headspace. So it's, like, so much about the Mm headspace. So, like, can you share any advice you have on, like, how do you get rid of the doubt? Yeah. I think, like, the way I get rid of the doubt is knowing I've done the work. So that's – Yeah. (laughs) So if that's – if I've got doubt about something, then I'm, like, obviously haven't – you know, done the work and been confident in what I've done. So, for example, goal kicking. Like, I don't have doubt because I know I do 100 kicks a week to prepare myself. So, I think, like, some of the best, like, yeah, the best athletes out there are so naturally talented, but they're the hardest workers and that's why they're the best because they don't have, like, oh, gosh, like, should I hit, like, should I hit that ball? Like, tennis players, like, they just have instinct you you do it enough and enough and enough that you don't have to think about it it just becomes instinct and that just comes down to working hard I think and you know leaving no stone unturned like things like even in the gym I used to hate doing like deadlifts or Bulgarian split squats friggin hated them but it's because I wasn't any good at them so then I was like okay I'm gonna start doing them and then they became my favorite exercise so it's about like things that you don't like passing a certain way or things that you know, your aren't as good, make them your strength, like kind of flip them over and then that kind of gets rid of the doubt. Yeah. Well, wow. that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And it's so true. Like I, and and it's also like, and if it's, you know, people who maybe aren't in a professional sport, whatever, find a way to do that, but make it fun. Like I yeah. hated core strength, mm-hmm. but I can, I enjoy yoga. Yeah. So it's just like that helped and it gets you to a certain point and then it's easier for, then onwards. Like find a way to work with it, but don't avoid. As yes. soon as you avoid, you're screwing yourself. Like I remember I used to do like, maybe it was like probably the two kilometre like surf sand run because yeah, I wanted gosh. to do Mad Monday for Surf Life Saving. Let's be honest. <laughs> like the passion wasn't there. It was just about the party. <laughs> and so I was like, I'll just do the 2K. Wanted to train leading up to it. Hadn't. It was yep. just probably partying the whole time. And you know, when you get, to that start of the line for anything that you've had a big plan for and you mm-hmm. didn't do it you're like and when that voice comes into your head going fuck I wish I'd trained harder yeah. fuck I wish I'd done the work and you, it, that's what it is yeah and I'm probably with me this year it was like you you haven't done the work you've had 12 years off let's be fucking <laughs> honest but like yeah it was it was yeah knowing that yeah you hadn't done the work so what was over relying on yeah. those points but when you have that's so true like you just rely on that and you got that confidence and 100%, it is 100%. And yeah with tennis players they definitely have that my dad with kicking he said that he used to kick um take conversions until he would only take if he did three good ones in a row Mm -hmm. he would stop because then his confidence is there and then it's just like cool and then move on because when I started kicking and I'd get tired with him and wasn't doing conversions but we're just like kicking the soccer ball I was was doing um corners with him 
Didn't do any this season, by the way. But you but know, but I, but, I, but I was prepared. If everyone else got injured and they didn't gave me the call up, I would have been prepared <laughs> because of Dad's kicking. But yeah, and I, he was like, "Stop!" Like it's you know, if I did three shit ones in a row, I'd just get frustrated and, tr- and keep trying. Yep. He's like, "Just stop," because what you're doing is you're actually la- losing your confidence, mm-hmm. and then you're creating more doubt for yourself. Yep. So if you just stop, come back to it when you're fresh, and then only do. He's like, "If I've done," and then if I did three good ones, he's like, "Stop." Yeah, because he wanted me to keep that confidence, not go until I was wrecked 100%. and then lose it. So, what's your mindset around that? Yeah, it's it's very similar. And I it was literally um, this season that I had to kind of come back to this um, because I would go goal kicking and I would nail the first like eight out of eight the first one. So like I start in the middle and then I go to the left of the post and do about you know five to six on the left and then. I go to the other side of the post and do five to six on that side, and I'd start in the middle, do three in the middle, nail them, nail all the ones on the left, and then to the right, nail the first few. And it was literally wasn't till the last four on the same spot that I would just just start hitting. I just would slice it. I just would. I wasn't hitting it normal. I would hook it like I just wasn't hitting straight how I have the previous like 15, 16 kicks. So. And it got to the point where I just get so frustrated. And I was like, nah, I'm a real, like, nah, again, nah, again. Dad's like, stop, like, because you're just, A, going to create bad muscle memory. Mm, um, that's it. B, you're losing, like, your confidence. It's not going to help anything. So then we'll go away and do, like, general play kicking or, like, some grubbers, some bombs, and then come back to it. And then and then it was better. Or I'd go, you know what, you're like, fuck that. I'm not going out wide. I'm just getting my confidence back. And I'm going straight down the middle and I just need the muscle memory to feel how it like feels on my foot to hit it nice and sweet and just go back to that. Yeah, and leave with a beautiful, fresh, like confident mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Yep. And yeah, I thought that was really powerful when my dad was telling me that and now hearing that from you, I'm like, that is so true. I wonder how many people, like take that note. If anyone's listening, <laughs> Loz fans, like listen, take note on that because I think it's so powerful because if you frustrate the shit out of yourself, you leave a training session, yep. you've just gone and you've done the work. Remember that, you've turned up, you've fucking tried your best. Like you don't want to leave that session being like, fuck this, I'm shit because I didn't get the last you like yep. you've just you're tired there's so many other aspects that could come into play and then you're just like oh you're ruining all the good mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then it just has like such a negative impact so it was yeah it was um yeah so I that was funny to say that I literally just went through that this season wow yeah. oh interesting well, I'm glad I asked because yeah. yeah your mindset was very similar so what are like your future goals like I know that, like we actually want to say this for a moment when it comes to kicking you have points you have points and like that's what you were giving the game and when we had a phone call I was like oh you, do you think you're gonna get picked and you're a bit like doubtful about this Jillaroo mm. squad and I was like babe are you one of the best kickers in the comp like what are your stats what are your stats in the comp are you the best? I, I don't know I don't you like know? to really look into it okay but, but I like know that you you're a very confident kicker and that is points and I was like babe you you guarantee points mm. When you're guaranteeing points for a team and you can play multiple positions, I was like, I'm so confident that you're getting in this team because that's what I would look for, you know. You are that difference. If it's like I have someone else on the field who can't take the kick, can't guarantee points when we have those opportunities, it's like I unfortunately can't take them. I'm a coach. I'm all about winning. I actually don't get paid and don't have a job unless I'm winning. (laughs) I'm taking the kick girl who can get me points. So I think it's like so important that – yeah, you are. You show that now you're doing the work on the kicking, but then you're providing your team with something that, like, you know, you can't compare. Mm. 
like you, you're making yourself like very valuable and like irreplaceable. And I think that that's Thank like you. so important. Yeah, well, fine, you're doing it sis, anytime. <laughs> I'll just reflect back to you what you're doing. But I think that, yeah, you've made yourself a very standout player and you're giving yourself that point of difference. But you're not just like, oh, yeah, this is me. I rock up to training. You're yep. literally doing more training on top of the training that you already do, which is crazy, <laughs> crazy amount of hours. It's mental, it's mental. But like you've always been naturally get talented at every sport as per Beck but obviously we know like that that's just clearly proven itself like what are your future goals with all of sport and then NRL as well yeah um with all of sport well with I think like league I'm I'm gonna stay in league like I absolutely love it it's what I've always wanted to play um and just to see where the game's going is so excellent shit nearly just (laughs) that's how excited I am (laughs) she's Um, very excited not on the microphone um (laughs) Yeah, definitely stay in league and hopefully, um, like I'm 27 now, so I hope I've got another three or four years in me. Um, hopefully the body holds up and I'd love to to be a part of the NRLW until like when it goes full time. So I'm hoping in the next couple of years it will be pretty close to being full time, which would be unreal, especially um, hopefully the Titans still want me and I'll be able to just live, work, train on the Gold Coast all under one <laughs> not you know different jobs and things I'll be playing full-time with the Titans that would be unreal cool so you're talking full-time as in like what we spoke about before you yep. won't be like one of the kickers and footy dogs. players yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and also working at the cafe down the road yes, honestly like yeah. yeah it would just be like that is my job to train and get my body ready yeah to play footy that's incredible mm. and so these three years isn't long mm. when you talk about it. Like, is that is that the average deadline for women's bodies in NRL? Like, because we don't really, you know, th- this is only a new league. Yeah. So how do people know how far it's going to be able to go? That's it. And I think the fact that, like, us, like, who are playing now, we've only really started playing, like, a contact sport late teens for me it was early 20s so the durability of our bodies will probably last a bit longer than girls that have started playing league when they're 12 like their bodies you know ah. during the contact all the time like may not last as long yeah um and then that will probably be more similar to to the boys um when they're full like when the girls are full time it will be like they'll last as long as probably what the boys are so like you know late 20s but, okay so i'm hoping i'm aiming for 30 but um yeah, and in saying that, your goal then, I feel like, you know, if you look at your goal and then you break it down to, like, how are you going to achieve that goal, then mm. go a little bit further, it sounds like longevity yep. is has to be a priority in your life. Mm-hmm. And how do you maintain longevity? Like, what's your, like, what's any health tips or habits or anything you do? Or even, like, your mental health? Or how do you, like, what do you do for your health? Oh, it's how because like literally all my training's like in around sports, so I do that. But I need it's more a balance. So like it may not be the training, but it's going to the beach, taking Denzel to the beach, and just enjoying a morning, catching up with friends. So I think for me, I already get like the physical side of it, and even mental when when you have your friendships and things like that through sport. So I think mm. then I need to you know work on the other side, which is my social life and just my own time. Um, so I think yeah, I've. It's only been the last year, but I've really, like, learned to, like, spend time with myself. So I think that's, like, the main thing that I love doing. Yeah. Like if it's playing guitar, if it's taking dance for a walk, anything. But it's just, like, yeah, doing my own thing, which is, I think, really important as a balance. Because there's so, like, everything else is so full on that you need something to kind of, like, just have for yourself. 
Yeah, and if you couldn't come and like spend time by yourself, that would be an issue. You yeah, know? like that's yeah. where I definitely had that growing up. Thank God for soccer as well, mm. being a connection and yeah. a sport. But like, I couldn't spend time alone. I hated, couldn't, I was repulsed by my own yes. company because I was so uncomfortable physically. Yeah. And so to know that you have that beautiful balance is just like that is, yeah, creating longevity in itself because, yeah, yeah you're constantly making sure you do feel balanced in all areas of life and you're slowing down, yeah. which 100%. is like so beautiful. I don't think there's anything more. She talks about Denzel. It's not her boyfriend, <laughs> it's her dog. <laughs> it's like yeah. the nothing better than a dog connection yeah. to Honestly, give you some he's longevity. my best friend. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know what I'd do without him. Yeah. Honestly. Oh, I love that. I feel. Well, I know. Yeah. When I lost Monty last year, it was the deepest pain I've ever experienced. Mm. And Beck, actually, your sister, was like, okay, this is how he's meant to pass over and gave me this full plan. Like, it's meant to be peaceful. Yeah. Bring the other dog in that's been with him the whole time. That couldn't have happened because Teddy's a psycho, bless. Like, he wouldn't have, you know, fair enough. He was a puppy. Everyone has to just be like, you know, peaceful. Mm. I'm holding his paws, staring at him in the eye as he's passing over in his last breaths and I'm screaming and crying, oh like losing the plot. Like yeah. I was in so much agony. I, I called back. It's like, how was it? I'm like, well, it was the opposite of what you said we should do. <laughs> Complete opposite. But I could not fucking help myself. Like I was like, you, Monty went everywhere yeah. with me. So I love that. And it's like no better connection than a dog. Yeah. So it's like, I'm so glad you have that in your life. But when you talk about three years, let's talk about that. What then after that? Because it's like, how do you, how do women and even sportsmen set themselves up yeah. for a certain life? You know, they're not Formula One drivers. They're not getting yeah. millions of dollars a year. <laughs> like what, what do you do when you've dedicated so much to it? You have a degree, you have yep. set yourself up and you have, you have your own business, which kills it by the way. She didn't have to take <laughs> it off her socials because people were pestering her, but like you killed it in lots of areas, but like what do you know happens after that yeah so I'm lucky enough that I actually like the Titans have offered me a job so I'm doing that part-time at the moment which is in commercial partnerships which is what my degree is actually and I did sport management um event management kind of thing so bachelor business which um which came in very handy I thought it was useless but it's come in handy yeah there we go it's paid <laughs> off um yeah so I definitely want to stay in rugby league um and I think this job's perfect for life after footy um, I can still be in around the club, um, you know, organising corporate sponsors, things like that. Um, and then who knows, like maybe I could take on a manager role um, in one of the NRLW teams or, you know, things like that. So I'm, um, yeah, we definitely stay in footy, stay in rugby league um, at this stage. And yeah, just kind of use this position I have now um, in commercial partnerships to just leverage it as much as I can and learn as much as I can and use it to, to see if, if there's another path that I can take um, with this, yeah. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah, and so would you do any coaching? Do you do any coaching now? I I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I like – I think I would, but – I haven't got any, um, you know, I haven't done any courses or anything yet, but I think it would definitely be um, something I'd consider. Yeah. Um, coaching so hard. Yeah. You'd, you'd more I think I'd like rather the manager yeah. and just organise everything. Yeah. Well, you like the management. That's sort of like what you have been trained up for. Mm. And like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I can see you definitely doing headspace coaching though around yeah. sport because like being the kicker, it's just like taking your dotty, a penalty shootout. Like the pressure is all on you in those moments. And for you to be able to tune out a whole stadium worth of people and pretend you're in Pizzy Park mm. and do that kick the same way you do, like that is powerful. And I swear there's only a 
I mean, there's only a few sports people who can do that. I'm sure that there's so many people on your team who can do one-off kicks just as good as you. But to be able to be that consistent all the time, that is a headspace, you know. That's a confidence you've built. So I can so see you training people up in that way. And then Beck's little, like, voice can be their voiceover where you hypnotise them. She can do the visualisations. I'll do the coaching. She'll set up the visualisation technique. And Sarah will do the stats. Yeah, Sarah will sort them out. Oh, you guys could see the Brown Town team. You could sort them out. I love it. And your dad can just be, like, there is your biggest supporter. Yep, stop there. (laughs) I love it. So what is, is, like, some thing I always talk about on here like what you know I have people on because I'm like what did I need at 15 years old when I just went off the rails you know like and I think that sport is such a big one like if I could go back to any 15 year old who's been like too cool for sport they get Mm. puberty whatever it is and it's like no these are the beneficial things that sports gives you it's not just physical it's not just you know being able to say you play a sport or anything like that like there's connection there's so many mental emotional spiritual aspects that you're getting like you talk about not being spiritual and it's like when you're out there, you're working with fucking God. I tell you that much. The amount of times I've been on a soccer field this year and looked up and been like, you guys got me? You yeah. got me? Sweet. Like, and just like looking at the moon when it's coming out. And yeah. like, I'm just like, I'm working with the spirits to be like, what about when I was told everyone it was the Lionsgate portal and my whole team thought I was a freak? I was like, it's a Lionsgate portal. I'm going to open it tonight. We've got this guys. They're like, who the hell is this girl? But like, I'm very spiritual yes. when on the field. Yeah. And like, we you know you basically pray together as a team. Mm. So yeah, there's so many beautiful aspects, but what do, would you tell your 15-year-old self, but also any other 15-year-olds out there, what advice would you give them? My own 15-year-old self, I would say don't worry about what your, friend, like, what your friends at school are doing. Don't worry about the parties they're going to. Like, that's fine. You have your whole life to party. Like, you know, do, do what you want to do now, which at the time was sport and competitive sport. And, you know, that's what I took, like, seriously. So I would say, like, you know, don't doubt what you're doing like just keep doing that and then in that when I am doing sport I would say just be confident like trust my own ability don't let coaches or um, other people determine you know like how I play I think I'd get intimidated a lot and when coaches like super serious or like quite strict I would go into my shell and I wouldn't I wouldn't play I would be too scared to do things on the field and I wouldn't like, you know, want to play what my natural instinct and ability was. So I was kind of like avoiding that and was just like, oh, like shit, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm just going to do what the coach says or I'm not going to do anything risky. Like I'm just, you know, like I was very quite like fearful. Mm. Um, So I think just like trust my ability and trust my skill because like I would be scared to make a mistake and you'd see other girls make a mistake and they're sweet and they don't even care whereas I'd like take it to heart I'd be like oh fuck like damn like I you know I just you know fucked up for the team blah blah blah. it's like no like it's done now what are you gonna do you know to fix it yeah so we have like a fuck it fix it forget it focus like uh, yeah so it's like the four f's um fuck it fix it forget it and focus. focus love yeah I yeah. love that. And that just sort of like you make a mistake and it brings mm-hmm. you back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like what just I said before, those I things like, like, how do you get through fuck that? It. Like, yell, do what you got to do. Fix it. Like, you know, forget it. And then refocus. What's your next job? So that's, yeah, one thing I wish I, I learned back then. I just feel like I was playing like in soccer and stuff. I was just on eggshells. Like I just, you know, with certain coaches, I was like, no, fuck that. Like I deserve to be here. Like I know I've got the ability. So just do it. So 
Yeah. I would just be like, yeah, back yourself. Love that. Yeah. I love that because at the moment, like, I'm probably very hard on her prey. This is going out to Riley, my little cousin. And so she plays soccer. And yeah. so I saw her skills, right? I was like, let's talk about how far people have come. Like, the soccer world, I've been in it seeing, like, you know, she's 13 years younger than me. That difference in this day and age, like, mm. being someone who was like, you know, yeah, the Matildas were around, but it wasn't like they weren't getting paid, yeah. right? So, like, they weren't able to do all the training, et cetera, et cetera. But now these young girls, they're incredible. And she's got so much skill. She got named in like team of the year for up in like Brisbane. And I was like, sis, you have to apply for American colleges. You have to do it. And she's like said it to me before. And I was like, that is the one regret I have, Mm. not using my soccer skills to give me an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, I was so shut down by, as you said, don't worry about what coaches say. Like I was so shut down by being in the South Coast team year 12 we won compared to all the Brisbane teams everything and I know that I played my heart out I mm. shut down the best girls like Gory Katrina Gory oh, I remember yeah, yeah, shutting her mini I remember yeah. shutting her down and we won that semi-final mm-hmm. which was like unheard of and I was like I've done the work like I deserve at least a reserve position yes. didn't get anything and I left bawling my eyes it was the most heartbreaking it's moment because so it's just political right yeah. and I did not have a good reputation so I'm not saying I deserved it imagine taking me away I was used to go away and try and sneak out to go to clubs so it's not like I deserved <laughs> it on that level but I thought I deserved it on the level of like I showed up and we won the comp and yeah. I was like wasn't taken off the field so I was like there's just a no-brainer all these other girls in my team got chosen I was heartbroken and I think that I let that crush me mm-hmm. and I let this like little opinions along the way absolutely crush me because yep. yeah I pissed people off I was annoying and so like I but I let it ruin my confidence and I, with her I'm like see this lack of confidence and I'm like babe you're going to miss an opportunity like yeah. put your hat in the fucking game and just at least apply and then make the decision you don't want to go you don't want to go but like yeah. do not have the option yeah don't be like and she's like oh and doesn't know how she made team of the year I'm like yeah. well clearly you fucking made it like <laughs> clearly all these people voted and you are incredible 100%. so it's like I, I understand that you and you can lack confidence but yeah. it's like I've seen you with your ball skill you're so much better than I was you're so much better than I am yeah. like use it and so I think that that advice just there that you gave is like so incredible because I think she also suffers just like me from that make one mistake on the field and you can let it ruin your yes. game yep. and it's like no move on you know we all make those mistakes yep. like Fuck it's, it, fix it forget it focus love it like I just love that and I yeah. think it's so powerful like to any girls who are like looking at leaving school as well like because I think that's where it's your bit like safe like you know you have your structure of going to school so Monday night why not play soccer you yep. know but just do school sport but then you lose yourself a bit like mm-hmm. I did and I was like oh this is actually a commitment now I need to make yep. for a sport but figure out how you can use your sport sporting skills for as long as you can because the deadline's fucking 30 mm. at the moment like just use them and give yourself opportunities like you've got a beautiful job out of this yes and if that's what you go on to do when you're 40 years old you're like that was because you did sport and you gave it a crack and you used your skills and I think it's so important that we don't like head away from that and get like caught up in the party scene and all this stuff which guilty of doing that (laughs) but hey there's good mad Mondays with sport teams exactly (laughs) and that is the killer that you can take from this guys is there is epic mad Mondays from when you play Mad Mondays, silly Sundays. (laughs) You there is actually nothing like it because when you don't, um, when you do not turn up Tuesdays. (laughs) 
when you don't drink all year round, just like surf life saving kids, they don't drink all year yeah. round. They roll into a mountain and they absolutely suck on the piss, but they are entertaining. Oh. And they're big fucking days, I tell you that much. I'm gonna get what I'm gonna get up just so we can yeah. wrap it up. I love that advice. You've killed it, sis. That's the best <laughs> advice I've received on here. Is I had put a little question box on oh, yeah, to Loz's account um, and mine. And I'm just asking what questions people have. And one fan who is no no doubt Max the blind cav. <laughs> so a dog. not a client. Not a client. <laughs> possibly a client for but <laughs> possibly a future client though. Maybe he doesn't know about your business. Oh. Um so this is like a, a this, and then this other person, Jess God94, I probably shouldn't be revealing their things, but sure. <laughs> I, I like I got triggered by this question, by the way, Loz. Oh is my pretty god, funny. am I gonna be angry? Uh, I, I was I'll tell you why I was if okay. you want me to. But so the question is, were you surprised at getting picked for the Jillaroos after the Titans poor NRLW season? And I was like, oh, this is me why I was triggered. I was like, yeah. so you're the best in the team, but your team like, doesn't do that well. And what, you don't deserve to be picked? I got so angry. And then I was like, Emma, you're triggered. Tone it down. Yeah. She might just be a very relevant question. <laughs> yeah, no, look, a little bit salty from old Jess. But <laughs> I would say one season doesn't define anyone. Like we've actually had a lot of footy this year. Um, we've actually signed five different contracts, for five different teams. So like... We've had a, um, a Broncos, well, an NRLW season at the start of the year and then we also had a Burley Bears season this year. We've had a State of Origin series um, and then we're, now we've had this um, second NRLW season. So I was definitely surprised that I got in the team because I was, wasn't expecting it at all. Um, but, you know, it's not because I was surprised because the Titans didn't go so well. I was just, you know, the, there's so many incredible players um, playing in this country that could have been up for it and so 10 other people could have been where I am but I'm I am and I'm so bloody stoked about it but yeah no I definitely was surprised but I'm not gonna base my whole year off one season when we've actually had like multiple multiple and then yeah and then the chance to play in the PM's 13 team last week so I think um there's there wasn't just one opportunity to try and prove yourself I think there's been like many times this year to, to prove yourself so that's what I would say to that yeah and I totally agree it sounds like a burnout probably happened with all of you if you had like <laughs> a thousand seasons in yeah. one year the band didn't sound like they were doing that no one else was doing that they no. shoved so much down your throat in like such short amount of time and also like being one of 30 people in a team like you're doing your best sis like yeah. you know that's just like can't def- how you that team their results that can't define you mm. unfortunately you still have to like yeah do your best go out there give it a crack and then come home and unfortunately if you lose you can't be like turn around and go well I don't deserve anything from Mm. the rest because the other 29 people didn't show up as much as I did I don't deserve any opportunities honestly so yeah that's probably why I got a bit triggered but you can hear that in my voice that's for sure so the cab dude asked a million random questions that we do not have to answer but I'll I'll answer these I'll I'll share them with you anyway who would win a fight to the death Donald Duck or Daffy Duck we're not answering (laughs) (laughs) who isn't in NRLW that needs to come and give it a crack? That's a good question, actually. That is a good question. Probably some people in from your, from your sevens team. Yeah. Well, I would say Sharp. She's already come and had a go. Um, come back to me. Okay, cool. Is there and any then, more? 
Um, yeah, the hardest to tackle in the NRLW. We spoke about this before. Who is the hardest to tackle oh in the NRLW? Who's the one where you shit yourself and you go, harden the fuck up, Lauren? <laughs> it would be Elsie Albert. So she plays for St. George um, Illawarra Dragons and she's from PNG and she is an absolute weapon. She's a beast and she's – she actually <laughs> – my first time trying to tackle her, she actually put a little crack in my sternum. So now I play with like this big sternum pad. Stop. <laughs> she actually broke you. Yeah, yeah, because that's when I was like, don't try and go high on those girls, just go low. Oh my God. Yeah, she bumped me off and um, that's what happens. So did you learn that lesson from her? Yes. Oh my yep. God. Well, yep. thank you for the lesson, Elsie. El- <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate that lesson. So then the other one, hardest hitter in the NRLW. Um, would be Ronna Peters in our team, in Titans. Okay, she, cool. I versed her in club um, at Pizzy and my ribs are still in the ground somewhere at Pizzy. She, <laughs> we'll go collect them later. Yeah, I'll get them later, honestly. She, oh, you can hear it. And I'm just like, that's why this year I was like, thank God you're on our team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, how you choose your team is you go with the people you want to avoid. Yes. <laughs> you're on my team now. <laughs> you can't hurt me. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I love that. Okay, well, both of those things come with a little trauma story oh. and a little injury. So yeah. Do you get any questions on yours? I actually don't think I did. I'm trying to find. Um, let's see. I'll go. We only shared it just before, only so it. in the last hour. So I think they, any of your real fans already came through to mine. So, oh, yeah. God. So what is my final question? What is – when does your next season start with the Titans? Yep. And where can we find out more about what's happening with the Gillaroos and when, where can people find you? Perfect. Um, we still need a, like, okay, big shitstorm going on right now with, like, NRLW and trying to, like – Con, um, negotiate our contract for next year. Okay. So a big collective bargaining agreement is trying to be finalised right now, which is a big CBA, so it's our terms and conditions for work, minimum wage, hours and all this stuff. So that's got to get passed. We've got to come to an agreement with, like, our union and the NRL. Um, and once that's all passed, we should know what our season looks like next year. So we still have no idea wow. about next year um, when it wow. starts, which is so hard, like, this uh, this year, like girls didn't know until a few months before. Um, for sorry, the start of the se- the start of this year. Um, girls didn't know till a few months before when the season was actually going ahead, which is so hard for work. So some girls had to leave their jobs because work wouldn't give them time off, or they didn't have enough leave to put in, and things like that. So it's just like, yeah. So I'm gonna guess around like mid next year. So Origin will be around June, I think. So maybe July might be starting but we still have no idea wow and there's no like contract stability either so how i spoke about before where we had like so i would have signed five different contracts this year so and if i get injured at the start of the year then all the the four other contracts won't get like i can't sign them because i'm injured so there's no stability um around that either oh my god yeah that does need to change because it's just it's not like that you can be on a five-year contract with them as a man yeah and you're still you're out for two seasons in an injury but you're still getting paid because yeah yeah Yeah. and that's like and especially when it comes to a contact Mm -hmm. sport that is so incredibly wild oh my god i can't even the instability and also the unpredictability about even having a start date in general, let alone no contract. You guys said no nothing. You're really getting comfortable in the unknown. (laughs) So it's like, yep, cool, control, controllable. And so far that's just making sure we're fit. 
Yeah, making sure you're ready to go whenever the hell that time comes. Whenever it is, so maybe fit all year round because we don't know. Oh my god! Well, I'm what's so coming onto the one thing we do know is happening. You are going to England, is it? Yes. And then that is where. And what do we know details, or where can they find any out details? Um, so on Instagram, there's um, NRLW um, Instagram page, so that's like the official one. So yeah, follow them or NRL.com. Um, all the info will be on there. Yeah. Cool. Okay, perfect. And where can people find you? Find me at sixteen ninety. Your address is come out here, guys. Loz is here. Um, yeah, no, Instagram, um, Loz underscore Brown, and I'll also reshare some of the info on that going out. So Okay, cool. So Loz will be your contact there. Well, I am so <laughs> honoured to have you here. I was squealing yesterday when you made the team. I know that you're 2 million percent deserving of it. I like, gave you. you that lecture this week. Like, if you can be putting points on the board for a team like you are fucking valuable and for you to hear that not only do you go dedicate all this training in general but then you go and do your own training it's like the titans are so lucky to have you the jillaroos are so lucky to have you and i'm so excited to see you kick ass over there and all of your hard work pay off so it's like i'm just so honored to know you i'm love that i got to hear your story today the fact that you're a kick-ass soccer player i just have like so much (laughs) respect for let alone anything else you've done you're tackling a hundred kilo girls bless but I think you're just one of the most incredible girls and like such a down-to-earth personality so to be doing what you do is just like I just froth you so hard like I'm such a fan girl so, thank yeah. you so much thank you for having me on when you messed me up I was like I'm honored to come on here that you actually want to listen to me so like, thank you I hope I haven't bored anyone listening back home but uh <laughs> any day of the week honestly if I could have done this for three hours I 100% would oh have my was like so you're incredible. I've had the best time well the next time have you uh, have the rest of the brown town team yes on soon. oh my god big collab <laughs> and they'll I'll have to ask them some questions about your stats and yes. the hypnosis they're yep. doing the yep. visualization techniques so thank you so much babe i'm so thank grateful you. and good luck thank you very much i'm You're so pumped anytime okay guys to wish Loz some good luck jump on over to our Instagram and we will keep you updated for all the jillaroos we love you <laughs> thank you for tuning bye. in bye If you made it this far, congratulations. You clearly learnt something, had a little giggle or somewhat enjoyed yourself. So do us a big juicy favour. Share this episode on your Instagram, tag Sheila's and Shenanigans and pop on over to Apple Podcasts to give us a five-star rating and an extra delightful review. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, big love to all my party people.